0: Good morning everybody. You are a good looking group. (laughs) <laughs> One person agrees One person agrees Those who are online, you're a good looking group too We know you're with us we have, We'll have our missionaries all the way from around the world Including the HALP sisters watching from Tanzania We have our military soldiers around the world watching We have those who are new to us online We're glad you're with us here today too Our guests, we're glad we got new faces here today Some of you are here to, for a special event that's going on today And we're glad you're here too You make us look amazing Aren't we an amazing looking group? all because of Christ, amen? Amen. 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 So it's a good start. To our guests, my name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor, and and, uh, Melissa brought up our worship guide. We're going to go into worship in God's Word together. And here's an outline here on the back. Uh, If you want to keep notes as we go along, these will be up on the screen. And uh, so yeah, just feel free to join. I'm going to jump in this because I'm so excited to talk about it. But the sad part is... This is the last sermon of this series. Can you say, all? It's like, "ah, man. It's like, this worship series has been quite a joy. So we are in this series called A Call to Worship. We're, we're talking about what is worship. And we've been talking about it for five weeks now, so forth. But let me give you a summary of where we've been really quick. i got some bullet points up here we'll share with you. A summary about worship so far. This is what we've talked about. is First, everyone worships, and everything is worship. So you think about it, everything Everyone and everyone, it's, it's all connected The question we had week one is What are you worshiping, right? And that's where we wrestled with that Where are we worshiping? And so week two, we talked about God initiates worship And He draws us into worship It doesn't start with us It always starts with Him And we respond And so sets up a dialogue All the time when we're worshiping It is a dialogue back and forth Between us and God Through Christ and in the Holy Spirit and so when that happens this next point's really big because worship transforms us I would argue theologically that nothing changes us as much as worship and when we understand really what worship is nothing changes us more than worship and the last point here, well, no, second to last point is Jesus is our worship leader. He is our high priest. He's always interceding, even today. He's interceding for us. He's taking what we offer and worship in our lives and He makes it perfect to the Father. And so Jesus is constantly our worship leader. And our last point, Pastor Eric brought this up last week, is worship is a lifestyle, not a Sunday event for one hour. Worship is a lifestyle. And so we want to jump off of this in our last week To share this thought with you that we're going to dig into today Is our worship can actually change the world Our worship can change the world And we're going to dig into that today If you missed any of these You can go out to our YouTube channel and watch these Or catch it off our website It usually has the last five weeks or so on there But feel free to do that I'm going to get a little more centered here so I want you to join in with me I want you to open up your Bibles Whether you have them on your phone Or a paper copy Go to Isaiah chapter 6 Isaiah is about middle of the Old Testament oh, It's actually about the middle of your Bible If you jump in there Isaiah chapter 6 And then if you want to look ahead There's a couple of different stories We'll jump into this week too If you want to mark those And we'll get there I think there's an important point I want to kind of make that So we understand we gather on Sunday This is what we call the gathering Or corporate worship And so when we gather here There's always four movements And this is modeled off the early church There's always four movements in worship And the first movement is This is your first sermon note here uh, on On your worship guide Our first movement is we gather. We gather into God's presence. God calls us, we gather. That's the first movement. And when we sing those first songs, we're actually gathering and praising Him in that first moment. And then when we gather, the second thing, the second movement that happens is when we gather in God's presence, we become aware of His holiness. And what happens when you become aware of God's holiness? We become aware of our lack of holiness right that's why i think sometimes on sunday when people are going through hurting times or struggling they don't come here because they know they enter into god's presence and they feel less than adequate but we're going to talk about that today so we become aware of his holiness and we become aware of our need our need to be changed and god does that while we're here so whether we become aware through the word that uh, the word is always the word of god is always spoken sung and read here all the way through the service Almost everything in itself is prayer. And so people say, you need to pray more. It's like almost everything is prayer when you think about the entire worship service. It's just the different modes of how we pray. So we gather, we become aware, and then when we become aware of His holiness and our not so holiness and He changes us, we respond. That's the third movement. We respond to His grace. And the last thing in the movement of worship together is we are sent we are sent to go out and declare we're so changed our hearts are so changed that we can't wait to go out and declare who he is those four movements have been in the church since the very first day those four movements happen when you meet with him individually when you pray to him you'll enter his presence and go through the same things and so this is something to pay attention to Use this note as we go through the rest here One of the best examples of these four movements In the Bible is the book of Isaiah Chapter 6 So while you're there Chapter 6 starting in verse 1 uh, A little setup up here Isaiah is a prophet Isaiah's job is, is to speak to the people for God And Israel at this point uh, Around 600-700 BC Is a mess Because they're worshipping The problem is they're worshipping something else And Isaiah is a spokesperson for God And in this story, he goes through a crisis too As he intercedes But in this story, what we see Is we see Isaiah walk into the temple of God And in that moment, in that special moment He walks in there, God actually opens up heaven to him And he sees the throne of God in worship So let's go there together Isaiah 6, starting in verse 1 It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord he was sitting on a lofty throne and a train of his robe filled the temple and attending him were mighty seraphim each having six wings with two wings they covered their faces with two they covered their feet and with two they flew and they were calling out to each other holy 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 is the Lord of heaven's armies the whole earth is filled with his glory and her voices shook the temple to its foundations And the entire building was filled with smoke And then I said It's all over I'm doomed for I am a sinful man I have filthy lips And I live among a people with filthy lips Yet I have seen the king The lord of heaven's armies And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it. And he said, See, this coal has touched your lips. And now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, read it with me. Hear him, I am, send me. As you look at that scripture, you're going to see all four movements. You're going to see Isaiah go into the presence of God in worship, and God opens up and gives him a vision of heaven, and everything, heaven and earth come together at that moment. And immediately in the shadow of God's holiness Isaiah's sinfulness is evident And Isaiah responds in humility And confession I'm a sinful guy I got filthy lips And as a representative of the the Israelite nation He says I live among a people of, of filthy lips He takes responsibility for that And then God cleanses him in worship Seraphim, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a I don't know if kind or type of an angel But it's a specific type of angel But do you know what the word seraphim means? I didn't know this until I was looking it up Does anybody know what the word seraphim means? Fiery one These angels carried The fire of God's love in them And one comes down and grabs that coal And you would think it just burn your lips, right? No, it cleanses him And Isaiah is changed in that moment of worship. He's changed and transformed by the grace and love of God so much that he says these three words. He says, I see God. That's not with these. That's with this. Whenever you see, I see God. What he's saying is I now understand him. I see him. I see his love. I see his grace. I see it poured out on me, a sinful man. And so changed and so overwhelmed The last movement Isaiah says send me I'll deliver this message Because I can't wait to show And talk about God's love and grace And this is chapter 6 One chapter later in Isaiah 7 He delivers a message Which is the biggest message ever Take a look at it The Lord Himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. In one chapter, Isaiah announces the birth of a Savior that would happen 700 years later. What a message! (laughs) What a message! He goes and shares Jesus with the world. It's coming Here's a message of hope Let's take a look at uh, Your second sermon note Burning coals light our hair on fire I love this (laughs) Burning coals light our hair on fire When that burning coal when God cleansed him in worship Isaiah's hair was lit on fire And he went out and couldn't stop Talking about The love and grace of God But true worship still works like this today, ladies and gentlemen. It is the number one way you and I are transformed and changed. These four movements are happening right now today. In the presence of God together in this group. You know, I I ran across this question. I thought it was a really good question. It asks, how do I know I worshipped? You ever think about that? How did I know, how do I know I really worshipped? And this is how I know. When we're in His presence like we are right here and right now, we know because in the shadow of His holiness, we realize where we're short. And we allow Him in this moment to cleanse us. And when that happens, we become obedient because we don't like coming into His presence with anything less. But not only do we become obedient in how He changes us, we become passionate about the grace and love of God. Our hair gets lit on fire. That's how you know you've worshiped. Our hair is on fire to tell about Jesus So today we're talking about In this last installment here of this sermon series About the impact of worship on, Through us to the world And we call this mission The church was given a command by Jesus To go and tell And we call that mission It's our M word so I want to give you a quote here It's your third sermon note This is from a book by, written by John Piper It's a classic called Let the Nations Be Glad It's about the missional heart of the church And this is a famous quote he has in here That's been used over and over Mission exists because worship doesn't Mission exists Our call to go to the world exists Because worship doesn't exist People, and I would, I would modify this quote To say mission exists because true worship doesn't There's people worshiping a lot of things out there but many people are not worshiping the true God And our mission is We're so changed in here We're so changed in our lives That our worship goes out And it impacts the world And that's what mission is And we go because We want others to know This worship and this life This new life in Christ So I'm gonna jump through three stories today. We we, we had Isaiah, Isaiah was our first story, but I wanna jump back to the woman at the well, which we covered about three weeks ago. That story, the woman at the well, where Jesus meets her at the well, Jesus goes through Samaria and meets this woman in the middle of the day. It has three big parts. One is where he encounters her sin, he's talking to her about it. We shared three weeks ago where Jesus says, this is what true worship looks like now. It is in truth and spirit, so we focused on that part of the story. And so, but there's a third part of the story I want to go back to and share today. And in this moment, this woman encounters Jesus, God on earth, and her discussion is about worship. And she's in the presence of God the Son, and in His presence in that, in that story, she becomes aware of her sinfulness. And He cleanses her with living water. And she responds in love. How does she respond? Let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 4 the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone come and see a man who told me everything I ever did could he possibly be the Messiah and so the people came streaming from the village to see Jesus now let's jump down to verse 39 many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said he told me everything I ever did And when they came out to see him They begged him to stay in her village And so he stayed for two days Long enough for many more To hear his message and believe And then they said to the woman Now we believe Not just because of what you told us Because We've heard about him ourselves And now we know That he is indeed the savior of the world That's the best part of the story look at the movements she encounters Jesus recognizes her sinfulness he changes her right there and cleanses her and she goes running out of their scent she goes running back to the village and she says come meet the guy who's changed my life and not only do they come out and meet him they invite him into their village and Jesus hangs out there for two days and it changes the whole village Jesus changed a village Through one woman And now they all worship The true savior of the world So let's talk Let's jump ahead to today A little bit Let's talk about the church What well, these stories Have to do with us What happens when we together Walk out of these doors Here in a few minutes And have a lifestyle Of worship that never stops Let's look at our fourth sermon note together People come to Christ Because of our continual worship I'm going to say this one more time Because I think after five weeks You're going to really tired of hearing it Worship isn't an event on Sunday for an hour Worship is a lifestyle Pastor Eric really talked about this last week Our worship is a lifestyle When, when you go to work on Monday Your job is a way of worshiping if we can see that When I go to work, I can just go to work And I can create widgets, or I can go and worship the God Almighty and show Him In my life, in the way that I work For those here In school, kids For those here in college For those here working on your doctorate Or your postgraduate studies Your studies are an act of worship As God forms and shapes you Every time and every way That I study can be an act of worship To Him our activities this week, we can go to Bill Snyder Family Stadium with 50,000 people. and our lives, there can be an act of worship. Or maybe not when you yell at the referees. <laughs> I just sing in, just thinking, all right, all right. <laughs> Those online didn't hear that comment. More importantly, ladies and gentlemen, our hardship becomes worship. Do you know Christians get cancer? Christians get in car accidents. Christians lose jobs. Christians' marriages crumble. and It's how we worship in those moments that has a big impact. with bittersweet news i share with you this morning that one of our very own john kaiser passed away last night i don't like the words passed away john entered into glory i had the ability to be the opportunity to be with family as many of you did over the last six days in hospice care and all i saw there by his bedside was worship as we all got ready to hand him off to jesus John, if you're listening, you lucky duck. But let's be there for Carlene, the boys, and the family as they deal with his absence today. And we pray that God's Spirit fills that gap. And let's be the church around them. That's how we worship. There's the story of Isaiah There's the story of the woman at the well But there's a third story that I want to share with you It's out of Acts chapter 2 This is probably the, the consummate story of When people say, well, what was the early church? When the church was birthed, what does it look like? How did they worship? This shows us how they worshipped So Acts chapter 2 verse 1 Look at the lifestyle of worship in this story On the day of Pentecost All the believers were meeting together in one place And suddenly there was a a sound from heaven Like the roaring of a mighty windstorm And it filled the house where they were sitting And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire Appeared and it settled on each of them And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit The importance of here in worship Is the importance of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit has an important role Because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection The Spirit now dwells in us Because of what that did for us So the presence of the Holy Spirit is in us So it's a big part of how we worship Now let's jump on to verse 42 Look at this lifestyle worship in the Spirit All the believers devoted themselves To the apostles' teaching And to fellowship And to sharing in meals Including the Lord's Supper And to prayer A deep sense of awe. If you have trouble with that word, use the word wow. But like the biggest holy wow you can ever imagine. A deep sense of wow came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they they shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions, and they shared the money with those who were in need. And then they worshiped together at the temple Each day they met in homes for the Lord's Supper And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity All the while praising God And enjoying the goodwill of all the people But look at this And each day the Lord added to their fellowship Those who were being saved You notice about the early church Their lives were worshipped their lives were worship. It wasn't a Sunday event for an hour. Their lives were worshiped. They loved to be together. Here during this, here at Westview, all week long, we have ways of gathering together, praying together, studying together. You don't have to be here every day, every hour, but we just keep doing things that our lives become worshiped. Just these little points where we fire each other up and we light our hair on fire to worship all week long to remind us of that, to not let that get pushed out by everything else going on. And this deep sense of awe They were in this deep sense of awe As they worshipped daily with their lives About what God was doing through them Through Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit And each day Jesus added to their number If you go back and check It was was 3,000 and 5,000 And every day he kept adding to their number The people that were seeing a life of worship That they wanted to be part of I feel I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world Because every day I get to hear the stories As well as all of our staff And leaders of how he's working through you And your lifestyle worship And the lives are being changed through you I get to see it every day And I get to see the people That God's reaching through you I get to see them changing I get to hear the stories I get to meet them and watch their lives Being disrupted in a holy way (laughs) Your lifestyle worship has a huge impact. Every one of us in this room. These three stories may not seem connected, but they really are. Isaiah meets the Father in worship. And so changed is he, he announces the Son. When we go to the, to the Samaritan village, we're dealing with the Son, how Jesus changes us. And we go and introduce everybody to Jesus and what he's done, and we watch how he changes people. And then we went to the, to the church, and we've seen the power of the Holy Spirit, all the Trinity right there, Father, Son, and Spirit, who all work through you and I. They all work through you and I. to change the world